Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. We are here this week with episode 106, Confessions of an Undead Sympathizer. <laughs> Which I, uh, it, it took me a minute to figure out what the, uh, Who the title sympathizer was, was to. Yeah. I, but, it uh, came pretty quickly. I was like, whatever, because I don't always get, you know, what they might be hinting at just from the title. So I started listening right. and I'm like, yeah, okay, I got it. Now, admittedly, I had to get past the level up, but uh, once I got past right. the leveling up, boom, didn't take long. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they do level up and, and, you know, they get a couple of good things. Uh, Teoblith is very disappointed with his five fifth level spells. So, you know. <sighs> yeah. I don't. I'm heartbroken, man. I know. Like, it's just I it's five spells, and they're all fifth level, and I just, uh, woe is me. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I so wish it was like the Skull and Shackles campaign. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a rough campaign. That wasn't a traumatic campaign. That was fun. It was fun. We got to sail the high seas and fight for treasure and, and take over a whole country. And and in this, it's like, hey, everyone died. You should go find out why. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> I I got to look something up because when they started talking about one of the things that Randolph gets uh, among mm-hmm. his skill focus to really hammer home the healing hands and yeah and and whatnot taking is, your advice. Uh, yep, yep. He got, and I'm very proud of of him and to have provided that advice. Although there, there were others uh, in the chat that also put forth uh, a commentary to, to really hone it. Right. Right. And, and Zeno helped him out. I, I think Zeno one. put some, put some comments into the chat about how that would be best to go with that and um, avoiding some of the gray area that was uh, out. That's out there. Cause you know, they wrote everything so airtight, but yeah. uh, when they were talking about the, Breath of Life. Uh-huh. Uh, the the uh, uh, smoochy kiss, or what do they call it? The, uh, yes, yeah, sm- it? it was smooch, smooch of life, I think, was, smooch was, of was life. shared. <laughs> but I, for some reason, I, I heard in my head, uh, Kiss Me Deadly by Lita Ford. Not a song I'm familiar with. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking now so I can, I can pull the, the lyrics of the... Uh, yeah, okay. So, so this is what... what hit in my head as as Joe was saying this, and I, I have no idea why, but it was kiss me once, kiss me twice, come on, pretty baby, kiss me deadly. As he's talking about, you know, I'm, Randolph's going to pucker up, is licking his lips and all that. <laughs> no idea why, but it's a good song. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I'll have to look it up when we're done. But yeah, those lyrics were popping in my head. It was almost another Thanks. one of those Vipera's mom uh, moments. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we should still try and do but it's a lot <laughs> we absolutely should i i think we should we should probably reach out to to andrew directly and see if we can uh see if we can swing it just go right around the guys that's what i say he could definitely uh help us out there i think yeah that's, that's what i'm saying reach out directly i think we can get him to uh we can get that that you know vipira's mom finally put into a song yeah get the, it done. the tyrant's grasp <laughs> the Tyrant's Craft soundtrack, which is all really, really depressing, and then one happy song. <laughs> I don't know that it's a happy song, but okay. I, I mean, I guess not. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I guess after that, there's not a whole lot 
bubbling up. Although I guess uh, Uhtred now gets to act in every surprise round, regardless, which is which is nice. Yes, yes, and so. I I think with uh, at least based on Alex's reading of the uh, Ayajitsu mm-hmm. for the Kensei, which I I am not familiar with. I guess it's a Magus. It's probably archetype. yeah. I think it's it's a archetype. Yeah. But based on his reading, it sounds like he gets to smack people with his intelligence mod in the uh, surprise round. And if he can ever catch him flat footed, which I believe in first edition, when you flank somebody, you actually give them the flat footed condition, which means he could smack them. Yep. Or, I mean, he, he basically has a built in way to do that. His ring of invisibility. Oh, yeah. There he's you go. invisible and they don't know he's there. They're flat footed. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, I think he's going to get a lot of use out of that. So he's going to be adding his int to it, and then he's also going to be critting quite a lot, but because that's just how he built the character. But he's getting very deadly. Not that he wasn't already, but like it just keeps getting more and more. Yeah, that's that's neat. I uh, it's funny that they have this back in the first edition Legend of the Five Rings. I played a crane that used Ayajitsu, and that was a lot of fun. Neat. Like an actual crane? Uh, no, like no, no. Birds? Uh, no, crane clan. Crane clan. Like a ninja? Uh, samurai, yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. Le- Legend of the cool. Five Rings is a, a fantasy samurai scenario. There's some kind of European part to the world, because that's where the unicorn clan comes back from. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have interesting European weapons. Um, interesting. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what version they're on it now, but they've gone through some things like, uh, not Pathfinder, but I'm trying to think of another. Uh, the, oh, Shadowrun's done it, where the 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 timeline has advanced and oh, they've been yeah, through yeah, enough yeah. additions so that it's like things that you had in some books are now not what they were. The things have completely changed, like who controls this or that or whatever. It's all. Oh, that's cool. It's all that's all changed. Like one of the clans was Scorpion and. They uh they've been wiped out, so you know they don't they don't exist as a coherent clan with lands anymore and stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Iajitsu, looking forward to seeing Utrid use that and beat the crap out of people. Mm-hmm. Um. But I guess after that we move on to kind of what we discussed, what they were gonna do last week, I guess, which was tell. Teoblith and I guess now Kishikish about Erasne. Yes. Uh, Teoblith's reaction was about what I expected. He was far more concerned with the fact that she could tell him so many things about history. Kishikish, I didn't really expect. I guess if I'd known the thing about Psychopomps and Undead, I should have expected it, but it just it didn't click for me. And so, like, when he was all, Erasne, Erasne, oh, oh, oh. You know, it just, it caught me a little off guard. I didn't realize he was a psychopomp until just, what, an episode ago? Two episodes ago? Two, I think. When they f- yeah. when he came back, you know, when he reappeared yep. in the story and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, they brought all us psychopomps. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he's he's about, you know, hurting the dead on their way. Yep. That's kind of core to who he is. I mean, he's a unique individual, so he's... He can be different however he wants to be, but he's all, you know, he, this is sort of core to his being somehow. Right. So I wasn't surprised that he had that attitude. I, I swear that Uhtred has been sharing that information, had been sharing information with him along the way, but I, 
I could have sworn I don't think it was Arasne this much. too, but maybe not. Um, I don't think so. I, I think it was a lot of the other stuff that they'd been doing, but I don't think that he'd shared that they knew her personally. Uh, yeah, entirely possible. Entirely possible. I did think it was funny too, just like you said, that Tia Bliss' anger, his, his frustration, his being irked, was all about he lost time that he could have spent asking Erasne all about stuff. It yeah. had nothing to he, do with you kept a secret from him. It had nothing to do what that secret was. It had everything yep. to do with, you mean I could have, you know, written volumes on, on the history and yep. you denied me that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. even for a few days? <laughs> I mean, what the yeah, hell? I, I think if he'd known and they'd actually let him talk to her, like, I think he would have annoyed her to the point that she might have just come over there and smited him. Or whenever she shows up, just this is for annoying me to death <laughs> again. <laughs> I somehow I, I I don't think so. I I think uh, I don't know. I think just his. I honestly think him wanting to get her story and get that information and ask her about all these historical events, but also getting her story. I think that might be worth more to her than anything else. I could see that. Getting the actual story out there of what happened to her. Right, right. I mean, everybody else has got their story, and then she's able, now she's able to say it in her words hey, this is what they did to me, and present it as they've done something terrible to me. I think yeah. that's a, would be a huge thing for her to want to do at this point. Now, you know, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Would she care? All that other stuff. I mean, you know, she's a god, uh, semi god. Still a god. The word god's in there. Greater god, lesser god, demigod. You know what's common to all three of those? God. I, I'm not sure, you know, what the thinking would be. It might amuse her to do it or something else. I don't know. I mean, it might have, she might just see it as valuable and, and do it. I. But it, it, it's also with that, you're trying to think of something that's thinking in a more complex way in my mind. You know, it's got yeah. more layers to it. It's not just, hey, am I telling my story and is am I happy to have done that? Am I, you know, turning my trauma to my advantage? I mean, all the things you might think for an individual person in, in let's say, the real world. And now you're, but it's more than that for, in my mind, for a God. There's, a, like I said, there's more layers to it. And it should be because everything is a, you know, carefully planned, uh, carefully played type of thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Because to me, that's, you know, that's kind of the, you know, simulating that divinity, right? Same, same thing like with dragons. When you're, when you're pl fighting a dragon and playing a dragon, it, to me, it should be the game master should be using meta, meta game information right. to give it that superiority, to give it all that stuff, and to make it feel like you're fighting something much, much smarter. tougher and smarter than you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. I've said that a lot this episode, but I'll probably cut a lot of it too. <laughs> but you could see that. Yeah, the I could see that bits, but um, I guess Keisha Keish gets a little worked up about it and doesn't tell them that he's still a little down in health. Oh and, yeah, uh, God, I loved Keisha Keish throwing his arms up. What? Yep. <laughs> the lungs. <laughs> that was awesome. I just ah, uh, Keisha Keish. It's a it's a good bit oh. of role play. I I like Alex's and playing oh. with him. He's he's very funny. In Skull and Shackles, my favorite character, and and I love you, I love you, Andrew. Please understand, I love you. <laughs> I loved 
Alex doing lemon. I just, it tickled me pink. <laughs> Send those fuckers back where they came from. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh God. I love that. I've got that clip. I had Matt cut that out so I can hear that clip when I'm feeling down. Um, oh, it's good. You should send it to me and I'll put it in. All right. All right. I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. I'm, I'm looking for it right now. But yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. In fact, I, on my first trip to Disney World, I uh, came across uh, some pirate pins because uh, they, have, they have trading pins. And uh, I came mm-hmm. across a starter set of pirate pins that had uh, Mickey... And Minnie and Donald and Chip and Dale, I think. Not who. Yeah, I well, they, well, they had them all. At all one right. point, there was even like a. Well, there's a toy line again that has them as pirates, so they're kind of gur facey and you know stuff like that and and yeah. all that and like with a pirate ship and you know other characters as pirates to fight and it was it was great, great toys. My kids missed those toys. Like when I found out about those toys, my son was already kind of into Legos and stuff like that. So he'd, we'd missed the opportunity to get him those toys. Okay. I don't know. That was mid 2000s. So when I saw these pins, I thought, oh, these are great, right? Picked them up. The other thing was, is when I saw the Mickey one, I, I went, oh my God, I, I, I got to give this to Alex. I got to send it to, I got to get it to Alex. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I did. And so he's got the. I think he's posted it a couple yep, times. Yep. He's, he's shown it at least once that he got it. And then there was the whole thing about, Matt not getting Nick dice because I sent them some dice and then I sent them the, the power dice. And yeah. then we find out Matt had the horde of dice, even though he was saying he didn't have the horde of dice. So, uh, yeah. Well, everything gets sent to Matt if you send them stuff. So I know he, I, I know. Cause like I'll send, I'll send cookies. I need to send them more cookies. Come to think of it. But anytime I do, they go straight to him. So Matt gets to decide, you know, who gets what? And so I've I've taken to posting when I've sent them cookies so uh, that everyone knows knows to, to pry them <laughs> out of Matt's cold dead hands. Yes, that way Matt doesn't just not that I think he would, but you know that he just won't eat them all. <laughs> Again, not that I think he would do that. Right, right. But my back to my point that I was making about Lemon and loving that voice and Skull and Shackles and and his appearance in the la- in the last couple episodes at the very end. Mm-hmm. Akisha Kish, I think, is my favorite voice in this AP. <laughs> I just, his his going through nine eaves. Yes. Oh, let me go through. Oh, my God. What in the? Oh, there's more of them here. Yep. What is, no, no, no. you know, I just that whole thing through nine eaves. I just, it, it just made me just laugh and just die of laughter. And especially knowing that the guys had managed to, to shortcut it and go right to the you know, right to the finish and fix it and not have to right. fight everything. So they just left everything in all these other places. And I was like, oh, man. And then Keisha Keish is rolling through. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. So to have him back and, it, you know, it, that in my mind as Keisha Keish mm-hmm. is back and he's all, oh, for crying out, you know, the lungs, you know, all this stuff. I'm just I'm just imagining the, you know, the big tromping and the. Oh, it's just great. And all the, you know, the dramatic and, ah. Uh, yeah. No, oh I get it. I, I, I'm with you on the, on the very much liking a voice that he does for him. It's, it's very good. It fits. And then, like well. I said, I see him as that, as that one character, which is not <laughs> technically correct, but I see it, him as that racing. cannon in your mind. It, yeah. The, as that racing snail guy from Never Ending Story. <laughs> and he's, you know, That's oh, 
oh, dramatic and you know oh god <laughs> and i <laughs> maybe it's maybe there's something to do with snails and being dramatic i yeah apparently right yeah i mean that was the point of turbo right he's a snail he goes fast it's dramatic i think it's a snail he goes fast and you don't expect it but yes i thought it was dramatic that he went fast it wasn't drama i i don't know i've never seen it oh okay <laughs> I've seen like the previous four and I was like, oh, it's a snail and he subverts expectations by going fast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do that, we can we can reduce everything down to a, you know, a painful two line explanation. I know we can. And I wasn't intent. That wasn't my intention with this. <sighs> anyway, they finally move on and they get back to this room that they were in with like. I guess a couple of ways that they could go, and then they decide to go up to the the part of the wall that has like a little handprint mold in it. I, which, I was this was this explained last week? Did we see this last week? Because I, I don't remember. I remember the hand the hand indentation thing. Like it looked like a hand went there. I remember that. Right. I do remember that. And there was. Uh, oh man, it was. Yeah, so there, I remember I remember that being described last week, and then again we have the description this week. And boy, what a I, I don't even know what to call this. I'm I'm totally hundred percent with with Alex and the guys on this is this is a trap. It's a hundred percent a trap. This is There's... this is Admiral Akbar says it's a trap. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's no way this isn't a. Uh, I, I, I've never, I don't think I've read an AP and encountered a hazard. It's always a trap. What is a hazard? Is well, that- a hazard is like, uh, you know, it could be a field of rubble or, okay. or like an iced over river. And so you go across it and it's got, you've got to mitigate your, keep yourself going across it and it can have consequences. Like as you're crossing it, roll and you may, the ice may give way and you fall in. Okay. That I get. The, the- this totally wasn't that though. In my mind, it no. was just totally not that. I mean, I mean, I guess even even the things that you you would see in other APs is like, okay, well, that's a trap. Like you could see it in the description, like that's a trap. That's what it does here. It's like, hey, there's a handprint on the wall in a dungeon that belonged to one of the most evil people on the on the planet. Hey, put your hand here. It's totally fine. Well, and it, they called it a hazard. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Well, the thing is, is I guess, I guess what's going on is it's an obvious trap. So that's why there's no DC because it's a trap. You look at it and go, oh, what's this? Oh, it's trapped. It's got to be trapped. Right. I mean, because look what you do. You put your hand there and who the hell just leaves it? So you put your hand there and any old hand will make this work. It has to be a trap. Yeah. And it's like, it's, okay, but then it, it doesn't locks make it his, a hazard though. It locks his hand in. So it's, oh, Okay. And it's like, oh, but like, a, you know, like the finger trap, you apply more pressure in and it just, you know, do its thing. But then they have this whole explanation later that Alex provides that, oh, if if you tried to pull your hand out, if you'd twisted to the left or to the right, you know, whoosh, your hand gets cut off. And I'm like, that's a trap, man. I mean, yeah. it's possible that you just can't <laughs> disable it because you'd have to activate it, like get your hand in it in order to be like, oh, now it can do stuff to me. Now I get it. Yeah. And so how do you then disable it while you got your one hand tied up? I don't know. But <laughs> it just totally was know. like, it's. I, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, other than it, you know, it should have been like, the DC to detect this trap is zero. 
You put your right. hand there, something bad's going to happen. But apparently you're supposed to put your hand there anyway, so I don't know what's going on. I mean, yeah, I I'm not really sure how it's supposed to work and or maybe I'm just not thinking the DM side of it through cuz like you you tell your players about it, right? You, they immediately know this is a trap. But they if they want to go forward, this is how they do it. So one of them does it. So what do you do at that point? Do you tell them, "Okay, well your hands locked in." Do you just ask them what they do or how do you give them the direction on that to to tell them it's like okay well you pulled your hand back okay well now it chops your hand off feels really i don't know icky i don't know it was i yeah but i mean it's not icky from a like you made it scary or you made it creepy it's just like it's it's icky from a a a, a rules perspective and from a a play perspective it's like okay i mean i get it hazard is something that is is generally obvious and is generally not avoidable I mean, you kind of have you have to cross it, get past it, go through it. Something that's a hazard, right? Well, in that in that description, this thing is absolutely a hazard because well, they, it they, is. It's it, obvious, it, and it's, they have to go through it. It's obvious they have to go through it. Okay, but the thing is, is a hazard. It, what happens should it, you know should be part of the function in my mind. Like it, it, you know, he talked about you could be in a place where the cavern's going to fall on the roof's going to fall on you. So that's a hazard. You got to cross that space without getting hit by falling debris. So that yeah. has a chance. I mean, I you, you know what I'm saying? It's yes. like you you make I think it, the deal is is you like make a DC, you make it typically make a check and if you do high enough, then you manage to dodge across it or you cross the frozen river without the the ice cracks but doesn't break or you know something like that, right? You yeah. that's that's what I mean, it they, is or you find some other way to to overcome that thing. This is you lock your hand in and then if you do anything weird, off comes your hand. Yeah. I mean, that's not a hazard, really. I mean, that's it, it's a trap. I mean, it's... Yeah. For all the Dune fans out there, it's exactly like when he sticks his hand in that uh, Ben Jesuit box and he's got to leave it in there. Your hand's not hurt, even though that's what your mind's telling you. You've got to silence your mind. Your hand's not hurt. And, you know, you got to go until, you know, whatever to, to see how long you can hold it you know, to, to meet whatever measure. I mean, that's, that's, it's a trap. Yeah. Cause if you pull so, out too soon, you get stabbed with the poison dagger in the dune analogy. Or is it allegory? Oh, is that what happened? It, no, she, he gets threatened with it Ah. and told he has to leave his hand in there. Or he's going to get stabbed with it. And what happens is the Ben Jesuit, witch eventually, you know, decides that you've done something and thus you've proven you're human. I see. Cause just being genetically human doesn't mean you're actually human, human. Hmm. for them it's okay there's a scene in the movie watch the new movie it's fine i did watch the new movie i've watched the new movie twice i even watched the movie with someone who would explain it to me and i was asking them questions the whole time (laughs) and i still don't really understand what was going on with that series yeah well I, i get that it was like all one big plot by the emperor to kill off this one family but like in a way that he didn't have to get his hands dirty and the two houses could fight against each other. Well, because if he goes after a single house openly, overtly, mm-hmm. all the other houses are going to band up and take him out. Okay, so he, he pitted them against each other then. Right, because then he gets to take out who he wants to take out and he doesn't arouse the ire of the other houses, of all the other houses. So he doesn't have okay. to face everybody. So he can face just one at a time. Okay. 
I get that. That actually makes more sense to me then. Um, welcome, welcome to Dune Podcast. Welcome to Dune Podcast. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, I, I to me it's totally totally a trap. I mean, just everything yeah. that goes on it with even with all the you hear the wheels grinding and the door is moving and, and all this stuff happening and it's like uh, that's trap. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I guess I would if I was running it, I would just ask given like a a bunch of options. It's like you can pull your hand back, you could twist it to the left or right or you can push forward and then be like which do you do? And then I guess give them a, a roll to see what the he gave what did he give something? I don't know. He didn't he give Matt a roll? He gave Matt some kind of a roll and he says, "Okay, you you think the the, the thing to do is push forward." Because that, right. that okay. like the finger trap, the Chinese finger puzzle, you go forward to open it up so you can pull your stuff back out. Okay, so he did do that, and I'm just blanking on. Yeah, he did. It. He gave that explanation to Matt, and I believe it was based on a roll. Okay, well then I'm fine with it. I just, it was just totally bizarre to me that it was set the way it was, and their whole thing was, hey, it's, uh, you know, this is what it is. I was like, it's just so strange. Yeah. Just so strange. But they get through it. They did get uh, through it. They got past it. They end up in like another hallway, I think, with more doors. Well, there was a dark <laughs> hallway that they could go down, and then there was a door, and mm-hmm. they went through the door and found another dark hallway that they could go down. Yeah. Um, so they went down the first dark hallway, and they found, shocker, a door. A door, yeah. <laughs> and that led to they what they... an arena that was blasted out because the arena is part of the crater. Uh, the wall, one of the walls was part of the crater, yeah, I guess. So it's got daylight, weak as it is in Verilich coming in, but um, it's it's also very obviously a trap <laughs> because it is an arena full of bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the like bones are yeah. what give the traps away. Yeah, you notice that the uh, bones are always giving away the traps because <laughs> they fought piles of bones before. They fought the giant bone thing in the pyramid. Bones are a trap in in this. Well, the bone thing place. wasn't the big problem. It was they fought the pile of bones. Somewhere earlier, before, yeah, there were like before they got into Gallowspire, yeah. Well, before they got into Gallowspire, then in Gallowspire they see bones all over the floor, and four those rise up into those bone uh, bone golems. Yep. And they'd fought a single one before, and now they have four. And yeah. you know, Joe's like, every time it's a pile of bones, you'd think we'd leave them alone. And then you know, it's an arena with a bunch of bones on the floor. Oh, let's, let's just stroll right in. Yep. <laughs> and poor Elksy has to be stumbling oh. around. Oh, yeah, that can't be pleasant at all. Cannot be pleasant no. at all. And, uh, but, uh, you know, this is like, well, they're not getting any of the good shit. And Keisha Keach have maybe having some trouble, too. He seemed to indicate, oh, they're not getting the good stuff. They don't, we don't need to worry about them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, surprise, surprise. Something comes out of the bones. That's right. Uh, That's right. It, it sounds, it says it's Bone Dragon, but uh, was there something else that you thought it might be? Because... Well, there was. Or did you just? I there was bone dragon, and I thought yeah. to myself, "Oh, then it's a dragon made of bone." And I was like, right. "Well, that to me sounds not like a you know quote unquote bone dragon, but like a skeletal dragon, like a dragon with a skeletal template, perhaps." So it's a big dragon skeleton thing. Okay, but it was coherent, seemingly, and spoke to them, and roared. Yep. And I thought, "Oh man!" Roar. Is this thing a now in Pathfinder folks, they don't have Dracoliches. That's a D and D thing. But since I'm an old gamer and my gaming time goes back to the eighties, I think the first Dracolich they had was Dragatha. And so I was 
you know, thinking back to Dragatha going, oh man, are we dealing with, is this Dragatha? Are we dealing with the Dracolich? Pathfinder doesn't have them. Pathfinder instead calls them Raveners, and I guess they're slightly different. Hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't look at it really hard. I just was only looking to find a bone dragon just to see if it existed. And I could not find anything bone dragon. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I, I looked haven't past looked, it. So either might be, I'd have to, I haven't looked, but I'm going to just to kind of see what they might be up against. But yeah, I'm surprised, just surprised they get to fight that next week. Yep. Yep. They, well, they, they don't even get to roll initiative till next week. Yeah. Which is fine. I got my my role play episode, so I'm good for a. a, a You're good for a combat. Episode. You're good for. I'm a combat. good for a full combat. Yep. Oh, look at you. <laughs> look, I've been satisfied. My role play desires have been satisfied. We can we can launch fireballs or slash swords. <laughs> you got your fix. You got your hit. I That's did. what you're saying. I. Yep. I'm good. Yeah, I don't see anything in the list of of dragons on archives that says anything bone. So I'm not sure what it is, uh, which is fine. Find out next week, totally cool. We'll find out next week. Did you have anything else? No, I think we I think we went over. Oh, one of the things I I think we should have is there was some discussion about. I mean, we didn't cover it exactly the way I was thinking we were going to cover it per se. Like you know. Teable is finding out and then recognizing all the items of the panoply and right. but Keisha Keish going, Oh my God, this is on you. That's on you. And then the lungs and it was, Oh my God. So I think yeah, we did. I thought that was, was pretty good. I like yeah. that bit more than, I mean, yeah, obviously Teable was going to find out, you know, Oh, these are all her items. And yeah, no, I yeah, like, I like that Matt jumped on that going seeing those. And, but I, I love the, uh, do you know how much history she's seen? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like it's not that a secret was kept from you that makes you mad. It's not. It's that history was <clears throat> within your grasp, and you were not allowed to touch it. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I think other than that, we cover everything. They do a lot of callbacks to Skull and Shackles. Uh, even I think one thing we did kind of skip over with the scythe. Randolph asking if anyone could fix his scythe, and he's like, "No, that was last AP." <laughs> right, right, yeah, and and the, you know this scythe is the worst thing. Oh no, Thalias gets torn in half, you know, and slaughtered, and this is the worst thing. And then someone's like, "Oh, the wrong kid died." <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was that was good stuff. Uh, Very funny, yeah. Very funny stuff. Oh, uh, I guess that's gonna do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Andrew? Am I, am I missing someone? Uh, yeah, he's on the he's on the thing. He's he's the song guy. Come on. You kidding me? Oh shit, lemon. Lemon. Yeah. Oh god. Oh god. How did I miss that? Well, players <laughs> under players, you click on players and you scroll down. There's Alex and Joe and Matt and Nick and uh, Tom I... and Andrew. Yep. Yep. I remember Andrew. Send those fuckers back where they came from. <laughs>